0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Jared Lee, Pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. The series I've done really kind of my favorites. I mean, the missing piece. I, I didn't think anything could top that one I did last year called Masterpieces. But then, you know, God gave me that revelation on peace. And then it birthed this revelation... Congrats on winning the state title, by the way. That's awesome. Go FCA Lions baseball team. So today we're going to conclude this series called Unsettled. Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul, it's an amazing chapter. Right, Philippians 4 is where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Be anxious for nothing. Instead of being anxious through prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God. What is his peace? His tranquility, his favor, health, welfare, prosperity, every kind of good, that God's not mad at you and that he is the God of all blessing. Let that peace guard your hearts and minds. But then the Apostle Paul starts talking to the church and he starts talking to them about their offering and their mood towards him towards advancing his ministry, truly advancing the cause of Christ in the earth. Paul was called the greatest of the apostles. Paul surpassed Peter, James, John, and all of the other disciples in his leadership within the church. And he begins to speak to the church in Macedonia. And he tells them, I have learned to be content." In every area of my life, I've learned when I'm abounding, I've learned when I'm abased. I've learned when my hands are full or when my hands are empty. I have learned to be content, which tells me that being content is not natural. It does not come natural. You don't have to learn things that come natural. Amen? You have to learn things that don't come naturally to you. And he says it twice, that he learned to be content. What does it mean to be content? We're going to put that on the screens. It means emotional or mental satisfaction. It is truly peace of mind. It's peace of mind which results in emotional and mental satisfaction. Being content is not resignation. Being content is not accepting mediocrity. It is not resigning to fate. You know, a lot of people try to spiritualize resignation and call it being content. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm just being content. No, what you've done is you've given up on life. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And the last one being content is not being indifferent. That's what we're gonna look at tonight. It is not being indifferent. Heard someone ask a question one time. What do you think the biggest problem with the world today is? A guy answered, he said, I don't know and I don't care. I don't know and I don't care. I don't know, that's ignorance. I don't care, that's apathy. Ignorance plus apathy equals indifference. I don't know, and I don't care. I don't know, I also don't care. It's one thing to not know. There's a lot of things we don't know. It's a whole other thing to also not care. See, there's wisdom I know I don't have, but I care to go get it. Right? And I believe that that's why uh, in Proverbs... The, the Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. And he says to get wisdom. And in all your getting, get understanding. Right? He's quite redundant about getting wisdom and understanding in life. You want to know why? Because indifference equals destruction in your life. Let me prove it to you. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32. We're going to put it on the screen. Feel free to get your phones out. You know, like Take pictures of all this stuff if you want. Check this out, Proverbs one thirty two. For the turning away of the simple will slay them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. I looked up that word complacency, and one of the synonyms of it is indifference. The indifference of a fool, and what is a fool? A fool is a person who lacks wisdom. Even more, a fool is a person who rejects wisdom and doesn't seek wisdom. It's one thing to lack wisdom, it's another thing to reject it and not seek it. I don't know, and I don't care. If you got employees saying that, they're not gonna stay with you very long. I don't know, and I don't care. You know what they've become? They've become indifferent about their job. But did you see what it said? Did you see what it said? It will destroy them. See, indifference only produces destruction in your life. Why? Because where there is indifference, there's no passion, there's no excitement, there's no joy, there's no expectation, there's no forward movement, there's no pursuing excellence, there's no determination, there's no grit. I don't know, and I don't care. You ever met those people? Are you those people? I don't think you are. Indifference is not of God. It is foolish, he just said. Proverbs goes on to say, for a fool dies for lack of wisdom. Why? Because they're indifferent. Right? But let me tell you this, indifference will never get you to where God wants you to go. Indifference will never produce in your life the fulfillment of God's plan for your life. Indifference will never take you to the manifestation of the fullness of God's promises in your life. Why? I don't know, and I don't care. Boy, it's easy to become indifferent though, right? It's easy. You get tired enough. You get stressed out enough. A few people break your heart. They disappoint you. Get a couple failures. Right? Get a little discouraged. You don't properly guard your heart in something. It's easy in your marriage to become indifferent. Well, I guess this is the way it's going to be. What? I guess this is good enough. I don't know about you. I didn't really get married for I guess this is good enough. Dear Carla, I vow to give you barely give good enough till death do us part. <laughs> Is that what we say in our vows? Well, I'm going to do just enough for you not to divorce me <laughs> till death do us part. <laughs> I would be just nice enough. Every once in a while, I'll share my French fries. I don't share my fridge fries ever. Buy your own french fries. <laughs> Just kidding. Let me ask you a question. What's the mood of your life? <laughs> What's the mood of your life? See, I believe that life with God is exciting. I believe it's an adventure. I believe we serve this God. That is so great and so big and so exciting. And he laid out this incredible life of promise for us. Where he takes us from good to good to good. From glory to glory to glory and faith to faith and victory to victory. And even in the hard times he empowers us. Even in the weakness he makes us strong. Where nothing can be brought into your path that His grace won't empower you to overcome. And His faith won't bring victory to it. See, we serve this majestic God that wants to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you can even dream of. And I just don't believe that God wants us living. Well. Amen. This is good enough. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, I'm tired. Yes. Yeah, I said, aypos, you know. (laughs) Some of y'all are proud of me. I married a Mexican woman. You know, indifference, you just have no energy, discouraged, you're frustrated. What's the mood of your life? Are you still excited? Are you still expectant? Do you still have an attitude to overcome? Do you still wake up in the morning excited, thinking, God only knows what could happen today? Yes. Do you look for God in your life? Yes. I mean, do you go through life seeing God do things in your life? Yes. Or, well, <laughs> God, the freelance clouds. <laughs> I'm going to tell the whole world about it. What's the mood of your life? Here's the symptoms. This is good enough. Well, that's just the way it is. I can't do anything about it. You know what that attitude does? That builds a life of tolerance. And what you tolerate today will be your reality tomorrow. What you tolerate today will be your reality tomorrow. And that is the result of indifference. But that is not the way God wants you to live. Check this out. Let's go, let's look at it in the Bible. Let me show you what God thinks about indifference. Wow. Revelations chapter 3. And you are not going to like this scripture. Cruz knows where I'm going. And let me tell you who, who, who Jesus is speaking to. He's speaking to a church. You know the famous seven churches? And he only had nice things to say about one of them? Well, this is one of the ones he didn't. It's called the lukewarm church. We could call it the indifferent church. Verse 15, I think they have it on the screens. For I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, listen, I will vomit you out of my mouth, Jesus says. In my Bible, it's red. This is from Jesus. I will vomit vomit you out of my mouth. I don't know about you, but I don't need to look up the Greek on what vomit means. (laughs) Do I need to give you a literal definition on that? I don't even want to know what it is. All I want to know is that I'm not a part of it. Because there ain't nothing about my life that wants to be vomited from God. I want God on my side, not him spitting me out of his mouth. And did you see what he just said? You know what he said? I'd rather you be cold than be indifferent. Whoa. I'd rather you be hot or cold. Don't be indifferent. Remember when you were a kid and you were like, hey, dad, at least be mad at me. You know, like, don't tell me you didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather someone hate me than not care at all. Because if they hate me, there's potential that I can get forgiveness or whatever and make them love me again. See, hate is just love disappointed. Think about it. So if you can take the disappointment out, you can return to love. But where there's no feeling at all, that's worse than anything. Right? I'll tell you one of the scariest moments of my life. You know, I've had six back surgeries. And so I had to get an epidural one time. Oh, well, like four times. But one time my entire lower extremity was like you know when you get an epidural if they miss you know they can paralyze you like well the feeling went away like I had had them before and although it takes a lot of sensation away you can still have feeling well for about three minutes from here down I had no feeling In that moment, I would have rather had pain than had no feeling at all. Do you see what I'm saying? I would have trade, because I tell you, that was probably the most terrifying two to three minutes of my life. It felt like it was unending. You know, looking back, it was like two, three minutes. Felt like eternity. You know what I mean? I would have traded in the two minutes if you would have said, would you rather be back in pain? I would have chosen the pain in a heartbeat than have no feeling at all. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus says, I'd rather you even be cold. Now, I'd rather you be hot, but I'd rather you be cold than have nothing at all. Check out what he says in verse uh, 17. Because you say I'm rich, And have become wealthy, and listen, and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. See, these people found their riches in things. And so then they said, we have no need of nothing. You know what they became? They became comfortable. And indifference produces this feeling of comfort. Oh, I don't have anything, so I don't care about anybody else. I don't need anything. So why do I care? I don't need anything. I'm good. But see, being content isn't about things. The Apostle Paul said, I'm content whether uh, my hands are full or my hands are empty. Being content is about having peace of mind in who you are in Jesus Christ. Amen? And having emotional and mental satisfaction, not about things but about what Jesus has done for you. That's why I prayed that prayer tonight before we started. May we never lose sight of what Jesus did. May we never lose sight of who he made us to be. It's not about how much money you make or how many friends you have, how many followers you have on Instagram. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about who Jesus made you to be. And don't become indifferent. Don't resign, don't give up, don't quit. I don't know. I don't care. I don't know, and I don't care. That's what he's talking about with this church. Well, we have need of nothing, so you know, becoming comfortable in the wrong areas of your life can really become your detriment. Why? Because when you become too comfortable, you stagnate. And you don't keep moving forward. And God always wants your life moving forward. Our church could have become comfortable. Whoa. I mean, guys, like, uh, let, me, let me tell you the truth. Like, let me just lay it out there for you. The comfortable thing to do would have been not to build the building 45 minutes away. I'm telling you the truth, man. Last September, this property was out of debt. Boy, we could have gotten really comfortable. I mean, comfortable. (laughs) Woo! No more debt payment. No more mortgage. Yes, Lord. (laughs) Debt-free, baby comfortable could it become like that church line the pockets <laughs> got need of nothing when we, when we launched it you know on a regular Sunday we had about 10,000 adults coming that's an amazing church that's, an, that's top 1% of 1% that's comfortable living baby and we knew how to do it too we're good I mean, our systems were working. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sounds good with the bracelets. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. But can I tell you something? That's not what it's about. It's not about to be comfortable. It's about reaching more people. That's right, That's right. Now, the business decision would have been, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go after it now. The smart business decision is you don't go get in more debt than you've ever been in debt. You start saving. But can I tell you something? You know that the only reason for a church to have money is to meet is to reach more people. That's the only reason. The only reason for a church to have money is to go reach more people. Churches are not put on the earth to just stack up money. I mean, of course, look, we're smart, okay? Of course we have a saving account and all that. I mean, every enterprise is built on wise planning, okay? But churches aren't here to just... Guys, we'll never stop. We're not going to stop. not going to allow us... To just become comfortable. Well, this is good enough. Ah, it's beautiful. This is good enough. No, it's not. How many of you have co-workers that don't know Jesus? So then is this good enough? How many of you have relatives that don't know Jesus? So then is this good enough? How many of you have friends that don't know Jesus? So then is this good enough? Absolutely not. So we could stagnate and stop and become comfortable and live easy. But I don't think that's what God calls us to do. See, God calls us to go into all the world. To reach all the world. To go occupy. You know where we're not reaching? We're not reaching Segundo Barrio. We're not reaching them. Abundant living isn't reaching them. Thousands of people don't even have transportation. We're not reaching Las Cruces. We're not reaching Rio Doso and Cloudcroft. Why can't we have a church in all of those areas? Or we could, or we could just sit here and go, look at our pretty building. Oh, that's beautiful. God is good. No. And that's never been the mindset of abundant living. And as long as I'm here and Charles and Janet, it never will be the mindset. never will be. Because that's not the God we serve. It's not the God we serve. I got to move on. I took way too much time on that. Let's look at the effects of indifference. Four things. Are you glad you came? Are you ready? The effects of indifference. Number one. Indifference makes no difference. Indifference makes no difference. Think about it. To make a difference, you go address a need, you go address a problem. But indifference is what? I don't know, and I don't care. I'm comfortable, so I'm good. See, indifference doesn't, and that's not why we're put on the earth. Jesus is very clear that we are here to make a difference. Amen? That we are in the world, but we are not of the world. He said to go in to all the world. That means our homes, our businesses, our schools, our churches, in the malls, in the restaurants. Right? Go into all the world. And show people who Jesus is. Make a difference. We are blessed to be a blessing. But you know what indifference says? I see you're hungry. But I'm full. And just turns a blind eye to it. You know what indifference says? Well, I can't I don't know how to solve world hungry hunger, so I'm not gonna feed anybody. See, indifference would tell us not to have a food pantry. Because indifference would say, Well, you can't feed every hungry person in El Paso. Well, no, I can't, but I can feed some of them. Right? I can't give toys to every kid at Christmas, but I can give some toys. Right? I can't pray for every person, but I can pray for the person I see in front of me. But indifference says, well, I don't care. That's your problem, not mine. So indifference makes no difference. Number two. Indifference doesn't feel anything. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel. Let's look at some scripture. Matthew 9, verse 36. Talking about Jesus. It said, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Now, if you read the Gospels, if you don't know what the Gospels all are, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first four books of the New Testament which describe four different viewpoints of the life of Jesus while he was on earth. All throughout all four of them, there is one thing that describes Jesus, and that is compassion. The word compassion means love with action. Indifference doesn't feel the love, so therefore there is never the action. Amen? Acts chapter 17, verse 16. It says that now now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given to idols. So let me ask you a question. Is there anything that provokes you? Is there anything that moves you? Are you provoked when you see people worshiping the wrong things? Are you provoked when you see injustice? Are you provoked when you see racism? Are you provoked on the inside of you when you see hatred in the world? Is there anything that, or have you become so desensitized to it that you don't even feel anymore? You know what that is? That's indifference. And God didn't call us to live that way. We are called to live with compassion. The Apostle Paul got provoked when he saw wrongdoing. Amen? And we as children of God, there should be stuff that provokes us. That says that we should say, no, I don't accept that. No, I'm not going to stand for that. No, I'm going to do something about that. I'm not going to participate in the gossip in the, in, the, in the break room at work. Because that's not a, who a child of God should be. I'm not going to stand for that. No, you're wrong. Don't speak about those people that way. See, there should be something that provokes us. If anything, sin and injustice and need should provoke us. It should charge something on the inside of us, but indifference goes well. And even worse, it doesn't even care right doesn't even care. Wow. Proverbs 31 verse 8 through 9 it says speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of those who are destitute. Second Timothy 1 verse 6 it says therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you, to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. You know, each and every one of you has a gift, and that is the gift of God on the inside of you. Each one of you has talents and abilities. You walk in grace, and sometimes you have to stir it up. you got to stir it up. That's why you come to church sometimes. get stirred back up, right? The water settles and you come to church, you get stirred back up. You get pumped up. The world kind of tries to beat you down. You get to church, you get pumped back up. You get unsettled about some stuff. No, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. You know, if the world could, they would just go push us all in the corner and tell us to just shut up and be quiet. But that's not what Jesus put us here on the earth to do. We're not called to sit down and shut up and be quiet. We're called to make a difference. But indifference makes no difference because you're not stirred up and provoked to wrongdoing. Amen? Amen. Number four. Number three. Number something. (laughs) Indifference robs you of your joy. Acts 8 verse 8. It says, "And there was great joy in the city." Now this was, if you go read it, this was after an incredible move of God. People were being healed, they were being saved, they were being delivered, and it says there was great joy in the city. But see indifference robs you of your joy. Why? Again, because you don't care. Nothing moves you anymore. Do you still get excited to see people get coming to know Jesus? Do you get excited? to hear about what God's doing Do you get excited when we tell you that 800 people last month got filled with the of the Holy Spirit on the West Side Church alone Do we get excited about that Are you going to get excited when we come to you and tell you the new vision that God's given and where campus number three is going to be? Are we going to get excited or are we going to say, well, I don't care. I've already got a chair here on the east side. Why would I care? I'm comfortable. (laughs) These chairs are so soft. (laughs) It's not what it's about, man. It robs you of your joy. Some of you need to speak to your own soul. You know, David said, told the Lord, create in me a new heart. Create in me a clean heart. Some of you need to start speaking and taking control of your soul. And you need to just tell the indifference, the frustration, the disappointment in your soul to shut up. So that joy and peace can abound back in your heart and mind. Number four, indifference saps your faith. You want to know why? Hebrews 11, one. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance of things hoped for. What is hope? Hope is a positive expectation. What is indifference? Indifference is no expectation. So indifference saps your faith. Why? Because faith needs to have expectation to do something. Where there's no expectation, faith has nothing to do. Faith lies dormant when there is no expectation from God. But where there is expectation for God, faith is energized. And faith brings substance to your positive expectation. But indifference has no expectation because indifference has quit. Indifference doesn't care. Indifference says this is good enough. Indifference says that's not my problem. Indifference is Pontius Pilate. I wash my hands of this. Right? For the just shall live by faith for we walk by faith not by sight this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith faith is the overcoming power of the kingdom of God but without hope without a positive expectation faith has nothing to do and that's why the first scripture we read where there is indifference leads to destruction why because where there is no faith your life can be destroyed Because faith produces victory. Right? No faith, no victory, destruction. Amen? Stand to your feet. Father, create in us a new heart. A clean spirit. If we are resigned, if we are indifferent, if we have given up. Father, I believe that we will change. Lord, indifference is a choice. It is a condition of our heart and mind. So today, Lord, I believe in the name of Jesus that we will reject it. We will say no to it. We will have hope renewed and restored in our hearts and minds. Father, we glorify you and praise you with all of who we are for your truth and your power in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at ALFC.com.